If you want to uh, live a risk-free life, stay at home, go to work, stay at home. If you want to have an adventure and, and live life to the, the crazy fullest, go adventure, do something out of your comfort zone. Austin here with This Life Worldwide. We currently have Doug on the show with us today. How are you doing today, man? Doing fantastic. Excellent. Uh, for you who don't know, Doug is a globetrotter, adventurer, full-time traveler, man of mystery, uh, pretty much everything else that you can think of when it comes to exploring this beautiful world that we live in. Did you just want to kind of give a quick introduction for those people who may not know who you are yeah. about what you do? Well, hey guys, I'm Doug. I uh, relocate animals full-time now since graduated from CU Boulder uh, last May. And uh, relocate animals meaning I help uh, military members move their pets with them when they relocate to new areas. I help uh, people get their their certain dog from the breeder to themselves in various different countries. And I uh, actually was just coming back from Alaska. I got back three days ago, uh, brought a dog up there, flew him up there, and then found uh, two dogs coming, actually four dogs coming back down at the end of it. <laughs> Uh, and ended up buying a car in Alaska and <laughs> driving down the Alcan in the dead of winter. Uh, How was that? Oh, give was, us, give was, us, what's it like being in that? Like you had just bought in a car in Alaska, you had four random dogs in the back, and you're driving through the dead of winter. Like, what's it like to be in that position? How does it feel? Yeah, so there was two of us, two of us driving. Uh, one of my friends from Alaska came down with me, um, and then we had two boxers, and then we had uh, two Great Danes. These two Great Danes were probably the biggest dogs I've ever seen in my life, like 115 pounds each. Uh, yeah, so, like, you take them out of the car, you can go, they just pull you across the snow. It was, uh, oh, it was a fun time. I didn't realize uh, that they were that big. <laughs> oh, they were, they were massive dogs. So they took out the whole trunk, like the trunk area of that Hyundai I have, um, and then the back seat was with two boxers, and uh, it was good. They got along, thankfully. That's so crazy. Uh, it took the, the drive to Denver was 56 hours. Oh man, how did long it. did it take? You guys to do that i think it was in the end four days okay that's not too bad between two yeah. people yep and then that's just awesome. stopped in coeur d'alene for a night and watched some turtle racing exciting yeah so if you're in coeur d'alene check out the bar i don't forget what it's called but just look up turtle racing on every uh friday because you bet on the turtle and you get dollar beers if you get it right that's in idaho correct <laughs> yep okay i've always wanted to visit there i've heard it's gorgeous yeah there. it's one place i haven't made it to yet beautiful area great lake so before Alaska, uh, what were you doing? I know you were kind of out of the country for like a month or two. Do you just kind of want to give us a breakdown of what your day-to-day -day life was like, where you were at, and kind of why you were out there and what you were doing? Yeah, so uh, relocating pets, I find myself traveling most days. <laughs> um, and most days, I mean, I don't have a place I really uh, live here in Colorado anymore. I uh, converted my Land Rover into a adventure van and living out of that currently, uh, just because it's a whole lot better than paying 800 bucks for rent here in Boulder. As much as I love this place, I'll just sleep on the street in my car and watch Netflix <laughs> using someone else's Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, but no, I was, uh, since I'm traveling so much, I, I just was in the Philippines. Uh, before that, I was in Europe. 
Um, and those were the, the past three was Alaska, Philippines, and Europe. I moved three dogs out to Europe, helping uh, some military members move out there um, from New York. And then... Um, Where in Europe were you at? Uh, I'd landed in Frankfurt. Okay. And so spent some time in Germany, which was... Uh, beautiful area. Um, hostel, though, uh, in Germany, in Frankfurt specifically, uh, was in the red light district. And for those of you that don't know the red light district of any uh, European city, that's where sex, drugs, and money just flourish. So there is uh, so lots of hookers time. on the streets. There is, you walk around the corner and you see uh, a needle exchange. So uh, all these guys just shooting up with heroin. Like, no way. Like 100 yards away from... Uh, where are just on the street? Yeah, so the cops the cops drive by too and don't do anything. It's like, it's they they feel like it's better to have them congregate there than be stranded out everywhere. So oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize. I knew that there was one weird. or two European cities that like decriminalized drugs, yeah. and they actually saw a decrease in the amount of people doing it. But I didn't realize that even Germany, like you could just openly do that, and they were cool with it. That that's was nuts, crazy. Yeah. So where did you go after Germany? Ah, uh, Germany. So I had a. a f- bus pass that let me go to five different uh, cities throughout okay. Europe. Um, How did you go about getting this bus pass? Yeah, that so might actually be really helpful yeah, for anyone listening that. Flix might bus. More information on that. Um, they have a 100 euro deal that you, you buy this ticket um, that gives you five codes to go uh, on any direct bus um, throughout Europe. So you can get all the way from, well, I went from Frankfurt to Ljubljana in uh, Slovenia. Um, just on a whim, I was like, well, I've seen kind of everything Frankfurt has to, to see, so I bought a night bus, slept on the bus on the way down, and next morning woke up in uh, uh, Slovenia and spent some time there, went to a place called Bled, if you have a chance, it's absolutely beautiful in the summertime, I was there in the winter, still beautiful, just a little cold, um, great beer, great people, um, and then after that, ended up just kind of hopping throughout uh, Budapest, flew down to Milan because the Dolomites were getting, uh, I think it was uh, three meters of snow um, over the course of like two days. And they had crazy avalanches going, so I came down like three days after um, and skied some of the best powder uh, I've ever had in my life. Oh, man. On the most that crappy was probably... pair of rental skis, but it was incredible. It, it, it was. It was really, really special. Oh, man. What was it like skiing? It just feels so surreal when you're going down the slopes and you, like, think about where you're at and just kind of you're like, wow. Yeah, skiing, skiing in uh, Europe is not like anything uh, we have here in the U.S. It's... It's crazy. Uh, one thing I found, I don't know if it's true of all of Europe, but they had a bunch of powder and no one likes skiing it. They would groom trails and people would be like, oh, let's go ski the groom trail. Screw all this powder that's in the trees or uh, in this open open part of the slope. What? Yeah, so good enough. Saved it all for me. That's really cool. So then where did you go after that? After that, I uh, kind of concluded my trip almost. Went okay. to uh, visit a friend in Switzerland. And then after that, took two buses all the way up to, um, how was it, Denmark, I believe? Or no, it was Copenhagen. It was Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Um, and flew out of Copenhagen after staying there for one night. That was an f- awesome time in a hostel to conclude. Got really drunk and had uh, one of my hostel buddies 
uh, who is a teacher <laughs> in Australia, get butt-ass naked and run down the streets of in Copenhagen, Copenhagen when it was negative, like, five degrees outside. Do we have a photo of this? Uh, I believe I do have a photo. This like, may be the cover art. If you're hearing this story right now, this may be the cover art. Just yeah. so beware. Uh, it's, it's a great story. and uh, That's hilarious. Absolutely a great time. I ended up playing guitar on the roof of our hostel until 5 a.m. and had my flat out at 9, so... Good final night. And it's a great way to definitely, end a trip. Definitely enjoyable. So then you came back home. You were in Colorado for like a week. <sighs> I literally was... If that. I was back for 20 hours. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so... Yeah. The, <laughs> so I, I had... You came back. Yep. You slept. Packed. Yep. Left for DIA. I, I got home. Ended up... Uh, I, I, I planned it out kind of well. I had 20 hours. I went to the dentist. Went to the orthodontist. I went to the doctor. Repacked, said hi to the family, and uh, packed out to go uh, to the Philippines with uh, Kyle Walters, one of my good buddies. Oh, uh, man. And was out there for, uh, I think it was two and a half weeks. And what was that like? Because I've heard incredible things about the Philippines. We were talking about it earlier. You were saying how it was incredibly cheap to stay there, how you guys had a, a beachfront bungalow for oh, like yeah. $10. Um, what's it kind of like? You, you land in the airport there, kind of walk me through what's it like to be in your shoes when going through a new area like this. Yeah, so, uh, I was, this is actually my second time to the Philippines, and I got out there, relocated in a dog, um, from, uh, just, just, uh, I think it was northern, like, it was like Brooklyn almost. Okay. Um, and picked the dog up from Brooklyn, drove to Boston, um, flew out uh, Qatar Airways, went to Doha for like seven hours. We got to go outside, check out Qatar, which is a crazy beautiful country, lots of wealth and money. I think it's the uh, number one for wealthiest country really? in the world. Um, yeah, so you go out there and it looks like Vegas on crack, uh, <laughs> and there's just workers working everywhere. Um, I remember you, you sent me a photo of being in a Hawk hospital. Oh yeah, out the, there. the Falcon hospital. Yeah, it was a Falcon yes. hospital. Yes, they had a, a hospital dedicated to Falcons. Um, we walked in there because we were very curious, and uh, we like tried to ask someone. It, is this a, f a hospital strictly for Falcons? And I'm like, yeah. And it's like, is it expensive? And he's like, very, very expensive. <laughs> very expensive. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> so people were just walking around there with just Falcons yeah, on their were, arms? Yeah. And that's just like the thing to do? Because yeah. that's a symbol of wealth, correct? Symbol of wealth. And uh, I think they also use it um, for like kind of... Uh, Hunting and like having fun out in the middle of the desert. They take them on out flying for oh No way that is really cool. Yeah, I know you see them in the airport too on airplanes yeah, If you ever fly through the Middle East, it's quite the experience riding oh. with a Falcon uh, two seats down <laughs> That's incredible, but onto onto uh, actually the Philippines the Philippines was was beautiful so Drop the dog off there in Manila Manila, not so great of a city lots of people <laughs> and just just polluted Traffic's awful. Only stayed there one night. Um, kind of had that already in the plan. Um, went down to a smaller island called Cebu. Um, got there and met up with Kyle. And ended up going up north, diving with some amazing sharks called uh, Thresher Sharks up in Malapasqua Island. Um, stayed there for a couple nights. And we had no plans, so we just decided to uh, kind of leave and head down a... Uh, uh, back to Cebu and fly to another island. And on this journey, we ended up 
not taking the bus, we took a van because this guy's like, oh, we can, we can get you there cheaper and faster by taking a van. And I was like, okay, well, we'll take this van. The worst van ride of my entire <laughs> life. So this is a 10-passenger van. We managed to fit 23 people into the van. Ended up following an ambulance all the way from the north part of the island to the south part of the island. So we drove super fast. And it was so cramped that I could not read my book. I couldn't have both of my arms next to my side to hold a book. So I held the book out the window, this little tiny window, and read from outside. <laughs> no yeah. way. I actually think, uh, did you post a photo of that to Instagram or something? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. I totally saw that. So that's what that was from. I was very curious why you were doing that. Yeah, no, there was there was uh, 23 other people in this 10-passenger van. Oh, my god! It smelled so bad. One guy oh, just was no. farting the whole time. Time. Do in that in a situation like that, do most of those people speak English or yeah? So no? the, Fili the Philippines is actually um, an English kind of. They only speak English or Tagalog. Oh, I um, did not know that. Yeah, really, only the uh, the older people speak Tagalog and not very much English. But okay. everyone that's probably forty or younger speaks English. I'll speak okay, English. so it makes traveling there a lot easier then too, oh. and getting around and yep. all that. For some reason, I was under the impression that they spoke a different language. I don't know why. Yeah, but no, that's really cool. A lot so, of other countries do down in Southeast Asia. And they just happen to be one that the U.S. Uh, colonized yeah. quite early, just because of World War II and Japan being very close. So that's why they speak English. Speak a lot of English okay. nowadays. So you catch your 23-person bus down to the south part of the island. Yep. And what happens when you get there? Get there, stay in a hostel for a night, um, and buy a flight to um, Palawan, which is an island I've been to before, and I think is one of my high, most highly recommended places in the globe. Um, it's, What's it called again? So uh, Palawan Island. Um, in the Philippines. In the Philippines. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful island. You start off in Puerto Princesa, which is this... Uh, it's a it's small town that you can get around. There's hostels, there's beaches. It's it's a it's a beautiful area. But the main attractions uh, when you go up north um, to all the beaches and just hideaway coves you can find up north. Um, so we get there and decide to do a ten day excursion um, by renting go. mopeds, um, <laughs> which weren't really mopeds. They were actually more like motorcycles. They were like 130 cc's. No way. Um, yeah, it was a, it was it wasn't manual, but uh, it was semi automatic. And uh, these things were in poor shape. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you the truth. Uh, the the speedometer didn't work. The odometer didn't work. The gas gauge worked half the time, <laughs> if that. So you're always checking in, in the gas tank. Do we have gas? And oh my gosh, uh, I can tell you, loads of Kyle's chain broke while driving. So we like just he screeched to a, a halting stop oh, on the side of the road. No. And you're just um, on a small yeah, island in the, in middle, the middle of, of the nowhere. Ocean. Um, and we get thankfully this. Uh, uh, Filipino that was his house was right next door saw us and we were like hey can, can any uh, do you work find a chain and he's like oh I'll help you fix it so he fixed it he told us where to go buy a chain I bought a chain and he put everything on there didn't well, he, didn't that was even, really nice of didn't him didn't even want any money and we're like no we're giving you money <laughs> yeah so um, did you find up till this point while kind of doing you're exploring around the area that the people there were really yeah. friendly oh like, yeah what's the culture like I don't mean to cut you off and we'll get back to that no. but what's the what's the culture like there like it's it's an island, so there's beaches, there's palm trees, like the weather's fantastic. Yeah. But what? How would you describe the culture there? The food, the people, the music, just kind of the the vibe and the energy that you get 
from the Philippines? Because I know you've spent a lot of time there recently because it keeps calling you back. So yeah, I'm assuming it's all good. Yeah, no, it's a it's a very very uh, cultured place. They they love karaoke. That is probably the one thing that they are known for is you don't sing very well but love karaoke. Okay. Um and oh my gosh, you, you, know, you just have you have karaoke they, they have these karaoke boxes. They're like probably the size of a uh, like a fridge, a small fridge <laughs> that they just like wheel around, plug in and it has a screen on it. You can choose the song and they're on the beach karaoke with these. They're in their house, they're in the bar. Um, and they just absolutely love it. Um, and they're just, they're just very nice people. They, they really show compassion and they, they have very, very big family values. Um, okay. most of them have kids pretty young. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Like we were, we get a ride from, uh, on the Island we were in, in, uh, Cebu. Someone gave us a ride. He was 21, already had two kids. He was married. Um, both the kids were, were like just two years old. So and, it was. It's crazy. Their their family values there are definitely something that's. That's uh, just kind of how the life started, there is. Started very early. Yep. You just do those. Th- okay. That's wow. I would have not guessed that either. That's yeah. really interesting. Um, so, you get to this new island, and you start off on your ten day adventure. Yep. So now, it's, how this kind of unfolds, and give me a walkthrough of like what it was like being on this small island on the middle of the ocean, just nothing but your packs. Yeah, our pa- our packs and our um, our uh, mopeds, and let's say uh, it was an unplanned adventure. I, I like to travel on on uh, on like kind of driven by oh, I'm gonna book two nights here and a night here and have it all planned out. We were just where should we go tonight? And we're like oh, let's go to um, Port Barton. So we ended up uh, going to this little old uh, old port town called Port Barton, which was off the. Uh, the south side of the island and we go over there and there's just all dirt roads to get there was we're going through mud probably knee deep uh so these these mopeds aren't doing too hot (laughs) covered in mud covered like head to toe in mud um and we get over there and spend uh two nights there and we're like oh we're, we're gonna leave after that and End up uh, staying another two nights just because it was so epically beautiful there, and the people were amazing. Food was cheap and good, um, and we found this little jungle bar, which was uh, eh, you got to take a, a hilly dirt road, more mud than dirt, um, into the jungle, and they have a little bungalow where we watched uh, the blood moon, blood full moon rise over the sky, um, oh my gosh. and just having a bonfire on these little. Uh, these little bungalows. That was probably so magical, dude. Oh, it was it was one of the best nights. Um, saw it rise. It was up for about uh, two hours, and then we saw the eclipse too, which was oh the the God. like that was the the main main yeah. attraction, and got some amazing star photos um, with a camera borrowed from uh, some French people who didn't know how to use it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> trying to translate that was whole fun because it was in French on the cameras. I'm like. Is this how you change the ISO? Uh, what is that? Uh, well, it, it worked out in the end. Um, got some really cool photos from that. Oh my gosh, dude, that must have been so magical seeing the super blood moon from there. Oh yeah. Like, there's no light pollution, correct? No, no light pollution. There's barely the electricity. There wasn't electricity where we were staying. There wasn't electricity uh, even. Oh my yeah. gosh, because I know I was supposed to. I was out in LA when that was going on, and I was gonna watch it from the roof of the hotel I was staying in. 
But yeah. I thought it was at night, not that morning. Uh, so I completely slept through it and didn't even see any of it. Yeah, and I mean, it comes around again. It'll it'll, it'll be around. I'm pretty sure that happens. I don't want to throw a number out there because someone's <laughs> going to quote me on being way off. But I'm pretty sure it's once, like, it's like a really long time until the next one. Like, we may not even be alive for it. It's probably something, it's probably something reasonable. I know for, like, eclipses that come around a lot, but, yeah. I think this one was, like, once every, like, 120 or yeah, every yeah, 30 probably years or something won't be like that. Don't quote me if that's really off, people. <laughs> but something like that. Um, that was probably such a magical experience. So then you catch the blood moon there. You're out in the middle of the jungle adventuring. Do you kind of just, like, where do you... How do you know kind of where you want to go next? Is there just like an instinct in you that's just like, hey, I feel like this is where I should go? Because myself included in this, I know a lot of people even have trouble doing that like in their day-to-day lives, like figuring out what to do. Meanwhile, you're in a whole nother country, spontaneously just going with the flow. Like, is there just something in you? That yeah. just kind of guide you through this, or yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, to be honest, it's quite, it's quite sporadic and unguided. I yes. I like to travel places I haven't been or yes. do things I haven't done, so those are kind of top priority for me. Um, but I, I have my website shipyourpets.com, um, which people contact me on, and yeah. um, the link will be in the show notes for anyone that needs their <laughs> if pet. If needs their pet moved, you just. Ship your, shipyourpets.com. Doug will take care of you. Oh, absolutely. Um, but so I get calls of people People go in all over the place. The Congo, uh, Russia, uh, New Zealand, you, you name it. And they, they want to bring their dogs with them. But the paperwork and getting them there is just is insane. So um, I help them with A to Z, even, even bring them there in most cases. Um, and that's what really drives me to go to a place is like, oh, you need a dog move to the Congo. That sounds awesome. I would <laughs> love to go check out the Congo. <laughs> um, and it really just works out like that. So like currently talking to a couple um, couple people in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, that need, need a couple um, dogs moved from there up to the U.S. And uh, I, literally all across the globe, going to Nepal um, in May, and then my... Uh, my, my next big one is actually going to Fiji and New Zealand uh, on Monday. I'm hoping to come with you. We'll see how yeah, it goes. Yeah, come know. on, bud. Got to get in New Zealand. We'll see. Man, that, would be the Kiwis. So, that would be so much fun. It's, we'll see how it goes, but I really am trying to come. Yeah, we'd love to have you. Do some with uh, you backpacking tonight. and hut trips throughout the mountains of New Zealand. Dude, I'm, I'm so about it. Yeah. Um... So I kind of want to talk about how you've managed to sustainably be able to travel so frequently, but uh, I do have a question for that. Is there a favorite place that you have out of everywhere that you've been? Not country, but even like a city or a town or one place that for someone listening to this, if they were like, hey, I just need that little push to just take this trip. Where should I go? Where would you recommend them going? Um... I really like it has been number one for me for a while and I still it still has never lost the title uh, it's Banff National Park up in Canada Banff National Park it, I've been there I think it's I, I literally was just there a week ago uh, when I drove down the Alcan I drove through uh, Jasper did you go through Jasper okay. so that was my 
eighth time <laughs> that I've been there within, uh, I think, three years. So oh I gosh. love it up there. The mountains are surreal. Uh, you you won't know until you get there. Um, and it, the landscape is uncomparable to anywhere else. The people are amazing. It has great skiing. And in the summertime, hot springs, beautiful hiking. And it's just overall an amazing place. Um, and if you're from the U.S., you get a great exchange rate and uh, you can kind of live a little up there. So. There you go. And you heard it. Banff National Park, Doug's recommendation. Yeah, Don't no. take that lightly either. This man's been everywhere. And <laughs> he's telling it's, you to go to Banff, so you know you need to go It's there. close. It's easy. From most uh, most part of the West, you can drive there in less than uh, 16, at least 16, 17 how much hours. Does it take, how long does it take? How much does it take? How long does it take from Colorado? I believe it's, uh, if you drive the best route, it's like 15 hours. Okay, so it's close. So it's, yeah, 14, 15, not bad at all. Especially if you're going to stay up there for a week or something. Cool. Um, I know I'm definitely including this, but I'm sure there's plenty of other people that would love to just be able to travel all the time. Like, that whole lifestyle is so, like, quote, in right now. Yeah. The whole adventure, being on the road, like, it's become popular where it wasn't before i would say and i know there's a ton of people who would love to be able to do that and live that freelance entrepreneurial because what you're doing is entrepreneurial you're working completely for yourself yep doing all of this on your own while still making money and managing to visit all of these places so how would you tell someone that's kind of trying to get out there and just adventure and explore and see the world do you have any advice for them as far as sustainability with their finances or like not going broke while going out of these places or like even having enough money to do something in the first place yeah were there some steps or processes that you took that you think could be really helpful for anyone trying to do what you're doing yeah absolutely um i say the biggest thing uh so i've met a lot of people throughout my travels i stay in hostels most of the time yes. so it's fantastic i get to tell people my story and they tell me theirs um, and really what I hear a lot of travelers seeing a lot of success traveling these days is when they work really hard for a long period of time, either at a job they have or uh, their own business and really save up money. Like, so if they work really hard for three months, they can save up enough money to travel for a year on a budget, staying in hostels. And that's been, that's an easy way to do it. It's an easy way to start traveling and, and it's doable in three months. Just work, find a great job where you can get paid. You just have to really months. grind. You have yeah, to really want it. You can't yeah. half-ass those three months. There's, there's You're no, talking like yeah. nose to the ground, just grinding Absolutely. for like three months. There's no going out and spending $100 at the bar on the weekends. There it's, you go. It's working every day uh -huh. for three months, and then you're like, wow, yep. I can I can do whatever I want for a year. I don't have to worry about finances. I can travel where I want to and explore and see what I want to. So that is something... I've personally heard a lot of people, that's their story. Okay. A lot of people have been seeing success with that. Okay. Um, that's really interesting. That's yeah. really cool that you've seen a yeah. common theme with that. Um, and then otherwise, I think if you're if you're more on the entrepreneurial side and feel like you can start things and, and really have a, a business is get into a position where you you can do what you're, you're doing for work um, anywhere. Like I, I help people relocate their dogs when I'm traveling across the world. It, Time zones don't really affect me. Um, I can talk to anyone anywhere via my phone as long as I have service. And that's just, as long as I'm in contact and have communication, that's really key for me. And I think that's 
very important for a lot of people when uh, either doing freelance or entrepreneurial work abroad. Dude, nuggets, man. <laughs> nuggets. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone listening is going to appreciate that as well. So if you're not really entrepreneurial minds in the entrepreneurial mindset or you're not really in that field or maybe you just don't even think that that's something that's good for you, just busting at the job that you're working at currently. Yep putting your head down and just grinding out the work. And that just seems to be a common theme with a lot of people that I've been talking to. Um, Eric and I talked about that and had a really interesting conversation, but being able to just like have those sparks of inspiration and motivation and then just grinding at it and putting in the work. And you see the results, but so many people put in half-ass work or they don't even want to put in the work at all and just expect it to happen. Like you can't just decide that you're gonna start traveling the country or the world tomorrow and have it work out. Oh yeah. Because you've been doing this for a pretty long <laughs> time, right? Like you've yeah. been doing this even before I met you a few years ago. <sighs> so I think this is actually year six now. Oh, um, so I, year six. Yeah, how I started it all was I, I just, I knew I loved traveling and it was my spring break, my junior year of high school. And I was like, I, I need to make money so I can pay for gas to go somewhere in this, somewhere all across the globe. And end up calling all the breeders in Colorado and finding out that I could move dogs for a living. <laughs> or at that time it wasn't a living, that time it was more just a means of travel, which it still is today, um, except for I'm still making money. I am making money, that is, that is mm -hmm. definitely right. But uh, I definitely enjoy spending it in my travels because that's what I would be doing with it anyway if I was making money anywhere else. Yeah. Um, but I found two dogs that were going out to LA and took them in my car with uh, one of my good friends and there it was born and ended up uh, shipping pets from, from there on until this day. She killed that toy. Oh, Lily uh, did it. <laughs> that's all good. We can cut all that out. That's okay. That was really good. Yeah, it was dude, awesome. You've been absolutely crushing it, by the way. Keep just like <laughs> yeah, dude. the broad and Love it. going more specific. Dude, it's been fantastic. No, it's really funny talking like this. It reminds me of my time in radio. Because like, we used to do radio talks in high school at oh, a radio dude. station. Really? And it was the same feel and you had to like enunciate and like just yes you just want to sound clear so everyone can kind of hear what you're saying but no this has been fantastic so far so what kind of initially sparked your interest like you've always had a love for traveling and the transporting the pets was kind of the means to be able to finance the travels but was there something early on that just you felt drawn to just exploring or was there something that was a spark of inspiration to you to make you really want to dive head first and like start pursuing this full-time yeah no i i just have always loved being in the outdoors um so whenever i'm outside i'm always happy sun is shining feet are on the ground hiking somewhere biking somewhere skiing whatever it may be even on the road it's it's still this this loom of mystery that i have no clue what the next mile has a has ahead um and I love I love being out of my element, and I think that's why traveling and adventure really piqued my interest. Is I couldn't tell you what I'm doing in a week from now. Couldn't tell you where I am. It's just oh, I can tell you I'll be in Fiji. I can't tell you what I'll be doing. <laughs> a week from right uh, now, you'll be in Fiji. I'll be in Fiji, and uh, oh, you lucky son of a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, it's it's I could honestly I don't think there could have been anything better. No, we have, we'll have to get Tony some water from there and send him back some Fiji water. That would be really cool. Fiji water. Do you remember that? Yes, Do you have any that. plans for while you're out there? Because 
I know you're going out for like two weeks and you're going straight from there to New Zealand. Correct. So yep. Do you have anything on your to-do list for out in Fiji? Because um, you're not transporting pets this time, actually. Yeah, this is so, more like a vacation for you. Yeah, so vacation to Fiji um, and backpacking for about a week out there with my one of my with my sister, um, and then family's going to come out there, so I'm going to meet up with them for about a week, um, and then they're flying home, and I'm flying to uh, New Zealand, <laughs> where I'm going to spend uh, about 10 days adventuring around the island there, and then uh, relocating a uh, dog back from New Zealand to L.A. There you go, man. That's crazy. But really, I guess uh, to answer your first question on where I, or what my plans are for Fiji, there's some beautiful volcanoes. There's some uh, actual water slides that are rock, rock river water um, that you can slide down. Yeah, you get a, yeah, probably get a couple bruises, but I'm, nothing's gonna kill you. Um, no, it's just an adventure. It'll be fun, yeah. dude. Oh my gosh, you live such a crazy life, dog. Yeah, your it's, life is it's absolutely nuts. insane. No, I come, I come back home and I'm like, wow, this is what, the, this is like the U.S. Like the U.S. is so much different than any part of the world. Like, uh, and do you recommend that the people listening kind of diversify their experiences and the places that they visit? Like, have you found that since exploring around the world like this that you've become more cultured, more aware of worldly issues and other things like that? Yeah, so uh, kind of in tandem to the cultured uh, question you asked earlier, definitely always look out for the news um, in places that I'm going and uh, after I've been there, it's really cool to see how they're changing and the political atmosphere that surrounds wherever I go. It's very, it's very cool to be uh, kind of immersed in it and really see uh, the changes that are happening within these these governments and, and these small islands in the Philippines to uh, the, like the EU where they have so much more uh, power and uh, control than these small nations but very very uh, interesting and, and cool to see in these different places across the world it's incredible man it's absolutely amazing so you're a pretty well-traveled man you've been you've been around a few times now do you have any travel tips like let's say top three travel tips for anyone listening that wants to travel, whether internationally, local, just any three little tidbits that people should know that might make their travel experiences a little bit easier. Yeah. So uh, I'll start off by saying uh, if you want to Google uh, travel tips, you can find out the basic easy ones. My top three are ones you'll never hear anywhere else. You got the exclusive <laughs> right here. Because what do you got for us? Uh, I guess really the really the first one, which is kind of a no-brainer, is never be hungover on a plane. You will never have a worse time in your life than being hungover on a plane. You feel awful. You feel like the world is going to like blow up around you. Your head is spinning. <laughs> you can't go to the bathroom to like throw up or anything while the plane's taking off and. Uh, thankfully, I've only had one really bad experience from that, um, but definitely, number one, don't be hungover on a plane. Uh, after that, I guess uh, the second really big one is uh, people 18 to 25 can rent cars, and not many people know this. Um, if you sign up for USAA, uh, that membership allows you to not have an underage fee for almost all budget, uh, budget hurts. Avis, all these rental car agencies, uh, waive the fee and give you a 30% to 40% discount on your rates. So I actually rented a car when I was going down to uh, New Orleans for Mardi Gras uh, 
for, I think it was $80 for a week, which is just insanely cheap. That's um, nuts. Yeah. So if, if you, people want to look that up, uh, Google how to rent a car for $112 a week. And I have a short little article you can read about that. There you go. Where is that posted on? Uh, Medium. Oh, on I didn't Medium. even know you had that. Well, there you yeah. go. Check that out as well. Yeah. Uh, what would be the third tip then? So third tip. Well, let's, let's save the best for last. You can relocate RVs um, across the U.S., throughout Australia and throughout New Zealand as well um, for various different countries from Apollo RVs um, to imova.com. They, they uh, help you get these RVs to where they need them rented so you can rent them for basically free and sometimes they even pay you uh, full gas plus $100. So definitely something to check out. I'll, uh, I'll make sure Austin puts a couple of these tip links in uh, in the, in in the, the show notes. Oh, it'll all be in the show notes. So if you want the links to the websites or any of this, this will all be just scroll down a little bit on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast. Click on those. Doug was kind enough to share all that with you. Yeah, happy to help and uh, travel travel fun, travel safe, and have a good time out there. I appreciate that, man. You know, it's been fun. I think we just about covered everything. Do you have any last piece of advice, recommendation, little word for people or anything that you um, want to leave this off with? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll say uh, always always be don't be afraid to get outside your comfort zone. I think it's something yes. uh, people yes. have a hard time doing and traveling really gets you out there. Yes. If you want to uh, live a risk-free life, stay at home, go to work, stay at home. If you want to have an adventure and, and live life to the, the crazy fullest, go adventure do something out of your comfort zone, whether it be travel, whether it be uh, taking that new job in some some uh, new city. Get out there and uh, really make it happen. You've always been you've always been a man to live on the edge or just slightly out of your comfort zone, and that's taken you to so many places. Do you think that's one of the biggest contributing factors to you being able to do all this and being so comfortable? Is just you love being. On the other side of your comfort zone. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I'm all. I love being outside my comfort zone. As as weird as that sounds, um, it's like it's stressful at times. Yeah, but the reward you get from it. Like, I didn't know that I was going to bring these four dogs back from uh, Alaska. Mm-hmm. I knew that two days before I had a flight booked home. I ended up buying a car in Alaska a day before this like a day before I left and then drove these these four dogs down and like that is one of the most risky crazy things to do but absolutely rewarding as hell and one great adventure dude I love it uh last but not least where can everyone find you Social medias, websites that you want to post up. Now's your time to awesome, yeah. spam the people where they need to go. Yeah, so you can find me on uh, DougWard.xyz. Keep uh, up to date on all the stuff I'm doing, a bunch of projects I'm always working on. Um, and make sure to follow me on Instagram. It's really my, my source of social media. Uh, you can see all my adventure photos and track where I've been, see where I'm going. What's the uh, social media? Snow Junkie 21. Snow Junkie 21? Yep. Perfect. Spelled like how it sounds? Spelled like how it sounds. Excellent, man. Well, thank you, Doug. I really appreciate it, man. Hey, Austin, thank you so much for having me. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Y'all have a beautiful night, beautiful day, and a beautiful night. We out. <laughs>